Well, this is John DeBello. I'm the director of this epic and uh, co-producer and co-writer, and I'm here with the creator and the uh, co-writer, Costa Dillon. Hello, this is Costa Dillon. Yes, I am the creator de Tomato, and uh, also here with me is Steve Peace. And what am I? star and writer and producer and all-around good guy. I thought you'd fill that part in. If John's willing to admit he directed it. I'd prefer to just focus on the star part. Uh, Let, let's start the movie now where it says no one is laughing now. I think that's sort of an apropos place. Uh, well, people often ask me, how did I come up with this idea for Killer Tomatoes? And I can actually remember, they used to show Saturday afternoon science fiction horror movies on regular TV before cable watching them, The Attack of the Mushroom People, a wonderful Japanese film that I later determined was not a documentary. It was actually uh, supposed to be a horror movie. And I thought, now what could actually be sillier than that, Mushroom People? And for some reason, tomatoes popped up first. That's right, and I was there and you said, you know what, we ought to do a movie with a tomato popping out of a sink. We could call it Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. And I thought that was a very funny title, and the movie came from the title, right? It came from the title, right. And we just started riffing on what that could be, and I think killer pizzas and people being eaten by a bacon, lettuce, and tomato sandwich were one of the first five or six ideas that eventually found their way into the movie. Four films later, the title was still the best part. Darn right. We, we should just sell the title. I always liked our credits because we didn't know what the preferred movie sequence was. It sort of ends with written, directed, and produced. And, or what is it? It's produced, written, and directed. That's how it's supposed to end. And we just threw these up. And uh, what the heck, it worked. Yeah, well, we also didn't know that for low-budget movies, you paid yourself first, then the backers, and made it the other way around. Partially because all of our backers were our relatives, and it would have really beaten us up if we didn't pay them off first, so. High-tech uh, title backgrounds here. Piece of glass and boiled tomatoes. If you don't boil them, they would have broken the glass. They just kind of broken to pieces, so yeah, we learned if you boiled them for a few minutes and dropped them, they'd splatter really good. So every time you see splattering tomatoes on glass in this movie, it's parboiled tomatoes. For those of you who are wondering, how do I learn how to splat a tomato like that? You know, I really wish there had been a Sunnyvale furniture. We could have got some money for this thing. There isn't? There probably is now. Well, there isn't. There should be, because they're missing some great publicity. There's the uh, beginnings of the musical theatrical presentation. That's, right. That's a real phone number. That was our phone number. And then some poor guy got that number later when they changed area code. So he probably still gets calls to this day. Costa, you missed all your titles. Yeah, I certainly had a lot of them. I should have demanded to be paid for each one of those jobs. I think you're supposed to pay us the more titles you have. Oh, is that how it works? How can you have a special appearance in a movie? You either appear or you don't appear. All movies do that. Well, it's because we had already shot all of the credits, and to go back in the middle was too expensive. By adding them on the end, it was cheaper. Yeah, but I mean, so many movies do special appearance. Maybe I, they, I think they're all doing it cheaper. Must be. No Joe, no weapon, no motive, no clue. These are professional actors. Look again, and that's true. We actually hired screen actors, guild actors. Uh, none of the crew in this movie was union, but we found that you just could not get away with not having union actors. Uh, Way too much information, guys. Oh, I'm sorry. Way too much information. <laughs> it was 26 years ago. What are they going to do to us now? <laughs>
That's not true. Every one of them was union. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. That's your mother, Costa. She was, and she thanked me years later for this glamorous role that she got in the motion picture business. <coughs> it's not my father. She didn't have to overplay this, did she? Nah. But she did exactly what you told her to do. There's my grandparents. They were great in this scene. Grandpa's a natural. He got little Timmy. Get him all up. This, this is uh, how we explain where the tomatoes come from, a question people often want because the plot development being so important to any movie. Right, the original picture didn't have any of this stuff. And in our extensive uh, research, we, we learned that people wanted to know where the tomatoes came from. And so, right. so before we released it, we went back and shot this stuff about six months later. Not to mention that we... Whoops, there it is. The scene that made us famous for a while. Great sound effects. That helicopter cost more than the rest of the movie. Fortunately, nobody was hurt, and when they came out, uh, the chopper, this is all dialogue we wrote later, and uh, everybody thinks it was part of the movie, and it worked out just great. But then we ended up driving Jack Riley and Von Schauer to the hospital because we weren't sure if they really were well or not. Yeah, we picked up Jack Riley because he was great on the old Bob Newhart show, which you probably find at Nick at Night or some other kind of station these days, but he played Mr. Carlin, the acerbic patient, and uh, thought he'd be perfect for this movie. And we were excited. It's an actual famous person. That's right, as seen on TV. Right. Like, like many of our other rural shots coming in this movie, um, you can figure most of them are now subdivisions, including this tomato field. You know whose ass is on the line? Yours, mine, and the entire ag department. Here's my brother. A another theme of the movie. It's a recurring theme, our yes. family members. Families and friends. The other, the other uh, sheriff is uh, Steve's dad, and the other sheriff is a park ranger friend of mine from Cumbria National Monument. This man. I don't recognize him. Nobody does. His name is Mason Dixon. He hasn't worked since the Bay of Pigs. Is there any sign of the public? Well, there's an obscure reference, huh? Yeah, Bay of Pigs. Bay of Pigs. Wait a minute. Now, usually we had to invent the reason why the bureaucracy was all bumbling. Another question people have. Originally, it was just a bumbling bureaucracy. But now it's an, an explainable bumbling bureaucracy, I guess. Here comes the big line setting up the bioengineering menace. We were ahead of our time. This was at uh, University of California, San Diego, where, again, because of our wonderful budget, we got the lab coats by going around to empty offices and taking them off of coat racks surreptitiously, filmed all day, then went and put them back. Who needs a wardrobe department? That's what I say. Well, we got most of our uniforms at Goodwill. Um, thanks to the uh, end of the Vietnam War, there were many available. Everybody always likes this scene. This is, uh, seems to be a favorite, doesn't it? Yeah, and then it was uh, a purely original thought um, did, created. Did, didn't the Marx Brothers do this later? Oh, yeah, that's right. That's It wasn't a purely original thought. I, I stole it from Marx Brothers' Night at the Opera. Now, if I recall, they made that movie after this one. Yeah, that's right. I think so. Only there's, they didn't have as much money as us. They shot theirs in black and white. 
like that fourth wall concept there? He really sold it, didn't yeah, he? he did. We, uh, we actually built this set in our studio, quote unquote, didn't we? One of the few places that isn't somebody's house. And, and we had many maps, um, of which we also used in other scenes to fill the walls. You mean Operation Mishvik? That's right. Not really. I've been following the personnel proficiency planning for Pago Pago paratroop platoon patrols. Oh, Operation... This is where the film takes a, uh, the high road in the, uh, the course of literature, I think. Well, then, Mishvik must be pretty well wrapped up. You know, we painted the walls green. Military green. Well, at least they're not paneled. True. You'll see in this movie lots of paneling. I think that was like a 1978 kind of thing. That's well done. Gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? Now that we're all here, I'd like to turn the meeting over to Dr. Morris. Thank you, Captain. Major. Uh, you know, originally he was a general. He was General Mills, but then we had to give him a lower rank for some reason. We thought that would be very funny, General Mills. Saturday Night Live did a General Mills gag many years later and got the laugh that we deserved to have then. I think, if I remember right, the name tags on some of the other are general gags, but we didn't actually see the name tags after we spent a huge amount of our prop budget making the... Name tags. It was from motivation. It was from motivation. Eric von Stroheim used to do the same thing in the twenties. Ah. See, it's very well, it's very traditional. And, and they were motivated. Good movies, yeah. Yeah. Okay, here's a scary thing. Here, a lot of people when they see this movie just don't understand that our Japanese scientist is dubbed into English. I think it's bad dubbing. What does that say about our technical skill or their lack of humor? I think it's just the lack of being able to see um, cheap Japanese science fiction movies on TV anymore. Superhuman powers, which we are confident will result in the ultimate destruction of the enemy. I actually like this scene better than Pearl Harbor. It made the same point without all the bad romance for two hours. And much cheaper. Mr. Platt. As head of the Federal Intelligence Agency, I certainly don't mean to question the background of these fine gentlemen. But frankly, I don't think the answer to this problem lies in trinkets and gadgets. This is man versus vegetable. Technically, sir, tomatoes are fags. I think Costa wrote that line, didn't he, Steve? Yeah, I think it, this is all Costa's. Ah, fruits. Oh, this questionable taste, sexist stuff. Insensitive, anything that's insensitive, the humans in general, Costa wrote. Ah, uh, the risks of comedy. I wrote every part of this movie except the parts that you guys wrote. That's a good point. Yeah. Yep, there he goes again. That Costa, I told him not to do that. That was the director who decided to leave it in. Here comes one of our many sight gags. And it plays really well. See, that's an emergency shower, and there's a guy taking a shower in there. See, but it's an emergency shower, and it's not looking like an emergency, right? So that's yeah. why it's funny. I guess, I guess. Now here comes a real emergency. Right. Can't use the emergency shower. Oh, ow! Can't get in the drinking fountain. Now that's funny. It was. All right. 
Here's a dated concept here. Well, if you watch the Six Million Dollar Man TV show 25 years ago, for about 15 minutes, this would have been funny. And that's when Six Million Dollars is a lot of money, too. Good point. Budget limitations have restricted our development to only one of these technologically advanced. This is a high school classmate of ours. He's now an accountant. Now let's try running first. He's got special effect sounds. Yeah, sound effects. Bruce. Please, uh, jump same general sleeping in the back there. That's a visual effect. See the, yeah. the fire extinguisher yeah, working there? Yeah, that's. I was good at yeah. shooting those fire extinguishers off. Here we are back in the uh, same studio. We've repainted the walls uh, blue now. And we spared no expense on the set decoration. It goes with his blue suit, which he wears continually throughout the movie. Sam Smith, disguise expert. Greta Attenbaum's swimming expert. We were at the height of our ability in lighting technique. Yeah. You got a light in front of them and turn the camera on. Both shadows are right. Chris, that's called the uh, low budget cross lighting technique. Get an exposure and press the button. Well, the, if I remember right, the criteria to be the director of photography was must own own camera. Must work cheap. You can see the drywall tape there. Right, right about the shoulder level. Yeah. I was a filmmaker, not a set builder. Where we get that drum? 31 uh, flavors. Yeah, we couldn't afford to buy a prop drum, so we got an empty ice cream cart. This is a Jaws takeoff. I think Jaws had just come out. Either that or we inspired the movie. I'd sort of prefer to think that. Now, Jaws came out beforehand. I, I have to say this is another one of those homages. Oh, darn. It's not a rip-off. The now somewhat famous Dana... Dana Ashbrook. Yeah. Daphne Ashbrook. Yeah, we put the scene in later because we needed more uh, uh, sex. That's what it was. We didn't have any pretty girls in this movie, or hardly, not enough, according to Mr. some people. Daniels, you can I never have enough pretty girls in the movie, but what can you say? Uh, this was the, uh, the local high school auditorium, wasn't it? Our high school auditorium, which wasn't built when we were actually in high school. In the shadow of the mountain, the alma mater. The purchase of the fluffy flower print toilet Where did we get all these reporter-looking people? No you know, one of those is Steve Peace, I think, who has not yet appeared in this movie as Wilbur Finletter. Holding that camera. Yeah. Just a moment, right. gentlemen. One more question. And this actor is... Uh, George Wilson, and he's a pretty good actor. He had a really big David Letterman tooth gap there working for him, or against him, as the case may be. And I remember when we did uh, Return of the Killer Tomatoes, we wanted to have him back, and we couldn't find him. George, if you see this, give us a call. I wouldn't exactly call it a menace, young man. There have been some isolated, did a good job, uh, I must say. reports of alleged incidents involving some unusual activity associated with this. Like that framing. He had lots of long speeches, which you do in low-budget movies that, sometimes. Uh, this is not and never will become We have some great action scenes coming up, though. However, the president, True. leaving no stone unturned, has 
called upon our most noted congressional leaders in this field to begin this press conference has two microphones intensive painstaking and exhaustive investigation held together gaffers tapes and origins of this that's the way it's really done work of nature furthermore you can assure all of your young readers that this will never become a problem that americans need fear eric christmas well-known actor, Harold and Maud. He was the priest. He's been in a million different movies. He was a professor at UCSD, kind enough to be in our movie, a real actor. And my stepdad. Which one's he? Uh, left. Of the chairman. Second from the left. And then Costa's dad is second from the right. There you go. And your mom. And my mom is there. That's my mom. And then there's two non-relatives that somehow worked their way into the scene on the edges of the frame. Yeah, but we pay them all the same amount. Nothing. That's true. Mr. Nolan was a speech teacher at Chula Vista. The guy on the far left. And on the far right, Sandy sold us our first camera when we went into business. Although, actually, everybody in this scene, I think, was an investor in the movie. So they did have a vested interest. Or in you know, Sandy doesn't sell cameras anymore. He sells diamonds. Oh. He's no dummy. More professional actors, though, in this scene. Actual union members. Oh. Sorry, sir. He's covering that trial in Texas. More oh, clever use okay. of maps on walls. Okay, just get me anybody on the special assignment desk. On special assignment? God damn it, who the hell is here? Well, uh, it's you, sir. Thank you, you. This was in the offices of the San Diego Convention and Visitors child. Bureau. In fact, I think she, that desk yes, was the entire uh, film Mr. office Charles of the San Diego Section. Convention and Visitors Bureau at the time. It was kind Sorry. of them to let us use it. Oh, what the hell? Send her in. We shot this all at night after they were closed, as I remember. Now, damn it! And they trusted us so much, they didn't even have an employee hanging around. Here's some of the action in the movie. It's my brother on a motorcycle. Which one? Uh, that one. No, that one. Uh, no, that one. I don't know. Yep, there's my wife. Which one? Uh, the pretty one, of course. That one. I'm <laughs> not stupid. And this was another one of those scenes we added later because we needed some action and some more pretty girls. It's a funky little tomato. <laughs> Ooh, implied violence. Implied violence is both kinder to the audience and less expensive. Where are we going? Take the old Mission Road. Some crazy-ass biker's got himself munched on by a herd of tomatoes. So what can we do? We can keep it quiet, that's what. Didn't you hear the police radio? It's all tomatoes between here and Holtville. We're liable to get killed. Well, you can it, you little puck puller. John Q. Public Lines... Jack was writing some of his own lines at this point, doing a great job. Fairchild, sir. Hmm? Fairchild. Will you send for me? Oh, yeah, yeah. Have a seat. Never did quite understand why the uh, news guy here was distracted. What exactly? How did that happen? Well, it's just called bad direction, actually. It, uh, we probably could have done it better, but uh, I'm not quite sure either. But see, it was a joke because he was already sitting when he said sit down. And, well, Here's some more of this sexism. This is Casa stuff again, right? I believe so. Oh, boy. I'm I sure don't remember that. that. I guess it must have been in a haze. How come the, the moon picture in the background is crooked now? It wasn't crooked the last time we saw it. No. Alright, we fixed it. This will give you the necessary background to handle this. It's my moon picture from home. You took that on the moon? Yeah. Wow. Right away, sir. 
Me and Neil. Uh, one more thing, Fairchild. I'm certain the government will go to unbelievable lengths to ensure the... The color is good in this movie. There's lots of it. It was 1978, and everything was bright. This is the first movie we did uh, where the processing wasn't by Photomat. Does anybody remember what Photomat was? Well, it was a Super 8 home movie place, right? Anybody yeah, remember what shopping centers. We used to drive, because all of our movies up to this time were, for, were Super 8 movies. Do you read me? Do you read me? Are you this is great, all that car rocking stuff, and camera in the back seat. Well, this is our first stunt, you know, when that car went off the road there, that was our version of a car crash, about as close as we not came. Not good, Mr. President, not good at all. We only had one car, we couldn't crash it. You missed the transition. Good, 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 not good, not good. Oh, not good, not good. That's right, that was smooth. The Oval Office, the Oval Office is paneled and it has a picture of an Indian chief or something. I just didn't know that that's the way it looked. This is before West Wing. Nobody knew what the Oval Office looked like. Well, have Reagan came in in 1980 yes. and changed everything. That's true. Who would know that the Oval Office wasn't square? And paneled. Have you ever heard of Mindmaker? Well, certainly, sir. The advertising agency you used in your campaign. That's right. You know, they said I'd never get real. I think the red phone's right, though. Especially after yeah. I used the Statue of Liberty. Okay, it's many phones. Now, here's this shot. You weren't supposed to see his face. What happened? Well, theoretically, he's supposed to be very dark, but that's a DP kind of thing, director of photography. That, that's Ernie uh, Myers, who was a local radio personality and the biggest star we had in the movie at the time, along with the chicken. And when we opened this in San Diego in late 78, uh, he was featured on the promotional materials. Yes, sir. Jim? I want you to fly to New York immediately. I want you to see Ted Swan. Believe me, the man's That's a exciting. <laughs> I'm on my way. Well, you know, it's trivia. That's why we watch these DVD extras. There's Costa. That's me being dead on the floor of the supermarket. And that's my parents' house, or it was my parents' house, where I grew up. Hey, if I can talk about Ernie Myers and he talks about his parents, I mean, what are you going to talk about? Hey, I didn't even mention that that's Grandpa back again. Good ah. point. Good point. Fairchild, from the Times, what's this deal about tomatoes? Huh? Look, buddy, don't try and stonewall me. Hi there, Lois. Oh, hi, Clark. Clark Lois. Get it? Get it? The red there? I, I thought that was funny. Right. I, What's it like to have been the voice of Superman, John? Oh, it's as close as I ever got. Yeah, I remember originally we didn't pay the guy to speak because we didn't want to pay the money. I remember the producer uh, wouldn't let us pay the money. So you dubbed the voice later. Oh, it's too much information too, isn't it? That's way too much information. Actually, I don't think there was a voice there. I think the real story was the gag didn't play without the additional information. It was supposed to play without any voice. That's right. Yeah, whatever they said. Yeah. That's a Rambler, a car company that no longer exists. FIA Unmarked Carpool, we stole that gag from Babusu Land, another movie that we had done on Super 8. That's right. I think it's okay if you steal from yourself, isn't it? And today, the president it's another homage. And just to head off any potential questions from the audience, yes, this is the subdivision now, too. 
You know, we're finally dropping all these, uh, getting these experts into the film, but we're at 20 minutes into this and no star. That's right. Wilbur Finletter has not appeared yet. Steve Peace has not graced us with his presence. That's why the pace hasn't picked up yet, you know? Well, I think what's remarkable about these scenes is our daring in having an African-American actor appearing in such avant-garde, risque costumes. But notice that everybody he plays is an icon of history. Well, almost everybody. This certainly is this one. Well, this was... Uh... This was uh, him disguised as Abraham Lincoln. I think Costa wrote this, didn't he, Steve? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, it's funny. Well, it's had that kind of daring, out-on-the-edge comedy. You know, we went back right past Greta back there. You know, that was another uh, you-had-to-be-there joke. Oh, the, uh, the steroid-filled uh, uh, East Germans of right. the 1980s, although... Yeah, that's back when the use of steroids was unusual. Mm-hmm, that's true. Now, see, here's another cutting-edge comedy with an African-American this disguise. Saddam Hussein. That's right. I don't think so. Now, I don't remember this. It, it took us three or four weeks to uh, train Steve on how to skydive. That's true, and then we didn't shoot it. I, we should have just shot it. Exactly. He landed right on top of the car. It was, it was a perfect shot. Finally, the pace of the film starts picking up. It's kicking into overdrive right here. I think it's mostly the audience going out for popcorn. You can tell the page is picking up because the music did. Hmm. So you're a Finlander, huh? I'm Mason Dixon, and this My is... God. It's Adolf Hitler! You see, he really thinks it's Adolf Hitler. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know, our guys did their own stunts, too. I think we should give Dave and Steve a lot of credit here. Yeah. And that was a real sword. <laughs> I can remember one of, one of my many prop assistants actually got pulled over by a policeman for, I don't remember, did some traffic infraction. He looked in the back of the car, and he had a machine gun belt, a sword, a couple of hand grenades. And, uh, and being that we were, what, 22, 23 years old, he spent a while in the police station trying to explain that. Today he would be uh, in prison. Get in the back seat. What about me, Mr. Dixon? What about me? You? You? You go disguise yourself as a tomato and infiltrate their camp. Oh, that was like take 47 or something, wasn't it? He couldn't, he couldn't say infiltrate. <laughs> Could not. That took forever. Who have the film budget on that scene. Do we steal this location? We probably didn't permit this, did we? No, we did not get a permit for this. We just went out, we put the camera on the parking garage. It's uh, downtown San Diego, Civic Plaza. And, uh, nope. and those people had no idea what was going on because they couldn't see the camera. I love this scene. This is, it what is. a stock footage day that was. And it's classic. The music just punches it, too. Yes. Thank you. Oh, we're back at UCSD. Hi. Mr. Richardson to see Mr. Swan. Yes, sir. He's expecting you. I'll let him know you're here. Please have a seat. She's a professional. Mr. Swan? She's pretty. Mr. She should have had a bigger role. 
He'll be right with you. And that will conclude her role in this movie. Yeah. That's because she wasn't related to any of us. This is another example of the master scene technique. I was just going to say that. I had to make people look smaller. First, we have to convince the little housewife out there that the tomato which ate the family pet is not dangerous. No problem. A little too much expounding here. we have here. to convince local authorities that the thousands missing from rural communities... Which is why we added this crawl later. During their bicentennial <laughs> scene slows down. We, you know, we were ahead of problem. CNN, First, Fox, the all these guys. We were out there doing those things. This was it. This was it. This was the first time. It's inspiring many people. But then he wants us to do this and convince You know what was scary is that was Americans his own clothes. We didn't have to get those that outfit for him. It's a hot outfit. Now that's a challenge. I understand what you're saying, Mr. Swan. The president is a very demanding person. Sometimes you know, we, we, expect we actually managed possible. to use offices that but look like sets. <laughs> yeah, we did, didn't we? Like cheap sets. <laughs> I think uh, the paneling was hot back then, if I remember right. That seems to be in almost every office we use. He doesn't have a picture of an Indian chief behind him, though, like the president does. Yeah, this is some university office of some sort. Finally, the musical begins. I just think the choreography of this scene is amazing. It's a Twilight Tharp kind of thing. I thought the lyrics of this song were good, though. If we had had Chicago's budget, I think this song could have really kicked, you know? Well, if you listen to the lyrics, it is pretty good satire on advertising. It's, the rapper's more important than the prize. We needed some B-roll, though, you know? We needed to see things happen. We did. We needed, you know, Anne, you know, Anne Margaret the dancing or something. I think we could get her now, couldn't we? <laughs> Probably. Anne Ann Miller. We need them both. Maybe Sid Cerise. This stays in the Broadway musical version, by the way. This song's got to be in. Oh, but with lots of dancing girls. Lots. Lots. And one of those stages with big balloons. The big balloons, that's right. They all look up to a single man, and that one single man is me. <laughs> See, where we blew it is he should have been the villain. Oh, that's where we blew it. Oh, now you think of that. <laughs> I want, I, you know, I've been wondering for 25 years where it is we blew it. We didn't have a villain. That was it. Well, it's sort of like uh, the problem with George Lucas is having a Star Wars, except he doesn't have a hero or a villain. Only you could compare Star Wars to Killer Tomatoes and get away with it. They came out at the same time. That's true. Anybody ever find that guy at Wameco that bought Killer Tomatoes over Star Wars? Hey, don't forget, Greg Auer, who did our explosions in this movie, was the same person who did the explosions in Star Wars. I knew there was a comparison between the two movies. Oh, you know, this scene, this was actually the second version of this we shot with a, with a blind traffic cop. There's your brother, the blind That's cop. That's my brother. The first version, we had a classroom of blind fourth graders running into each other, remember? Ah, uh, nobody liked it. it was the kids loved it. They had a great time, but... 
That was even a little too unpeaced from your 1978, so. Is your brother still a blind traffic cop? Uh, no, he's not. I think he's a uh, deaf traffic cop now. Modern science. Ah, the little America Westgate Hotel. This was funny. Sir, I really don't think this is a good place to camp. We're not sleeping on the sidewalk. You see that big building over there? We had a dub this a dialogue. Remember, this was ADR because of the traffic noise. It's our first time in a no big, major fire, Hollywood no sound fire. studio dubbing well, stage. What am I supposed to do with these marshmallows? Pretty impressive, huh? It takes a professional actor to be able to pull it. Yeah, I'd say yeah, so. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Here's the training. This was a big deal because I remember when I arranged for this shooting at the Westgate, they didn't normally allow people to film in here. I can't remember why they, they let us because they have these are real antiques and so forth, and it was considered to, to be the ritziest hotel in San Diego at the time. Yes, I'm still not sure why they let us do it. Big stars. That was it. See, every movie you see, the hotel guy never actually talks because you'd have to pay him scale. So they always just nod a lot. We follow that tradition. Only in our case, what we were saving was half of scale. Okay. See, he just puts his hands up, shakes his head. We did this five times, waiting for the uh, elevator doors to open on cue, and we gave up and decided to just have him walk to a door off screen. It took us an hour to think of that. Excuse me. Yeah, the key to room 401. I, I think you don't say anything. Just nod. Right. Thank you. Thank you. Right. I'll give keys to anybody who wants them. This is not the Westgate Hotel. We don't want to, we don't want them to think this. People to think this is what it looks like in the rooms. This was the U.S. Grant Hotel before one of its many renovations. Many, many renovations, the, uh, right. <laughs> the puke green the didn't cut it there. Beautiful. Beautiful. And it works. Yeah, green walls, green chair, green sofa. This film is a musical and, a, and an action picture and, and a mystery. It's a mystery. Mm, she's thinking. I always liked this scene. I thought it was funny. On the other hand, when you get a bunch of guys in a camera filming in a hotel room, it raises a lot of suspicion from everybody else. <laughs> I got five guys in the hotel room and one woman. And they're filming something down there. But being it was a U.S. grant, I don't think anybody was that suspicious. I'm, so. I'm terribly sorry. I, I mean, I, I thought this was my, really, you know. What was that? A strumpet, sir. Where did we get that undershirt? That's it was nice. Would you actually own that? Yeah. This was a big, remember this in post-production because we had a reflection in a mirror, and, and so that scene was reduced and enlarged, I believe. I don't remember that. Because we had to cut the mirror out. Probably would have added to it if we had the camera. In the yeah, it would have been funnier. Go disguise yourself as a tomato and infiltrate, infiltrate their, their camp. camp. Infiltrate. 
My mother made that. I costume. like the foot. Look at the foot. This is my favorite part of this whole shot. Is the foot in the frame. Just watch the foot. Here comes the foot. <laughs> Here it is. It's in our face. It's the foot. I'll be right there. Reminds me of a seal. Breakfast, sir. No time. But your vitamins. I don't no, no time. You know, you were saying no, he was always in the blue suit. He, he, was, go he was in his jammies there. There he was. Yeah, that's, yeah, you got me. It would have been funnier <laughs> if he was in the blue suit. We should have left yeah, him exactly. in the blue there suit. That was a missed opportunity. Yeah, that's right. The following is an NBS hotline bulletin. I always like this. Yeah. NBS. I mean, we had to change everybody's name because we couldn't use the real CBS or NBC Dan names. Dan Ratner, Douglas Winkler. Right. Yep. What happened to Dan Ratner? <laughs> I think he's out with Douglas Winkler. He must be retired by now. This is 25 years ago. That's true. Or he's really, really old. Is brought to you by Schritz Beer. You're never too drunk to ask for Schritz. Great line. By Bright Gums, the toothpaste for people without teeth or dentures. And by. And remember, this is before Airplane came out. We were we were king of the background gags. Well, you know, Airplane was killer tomatoes with a budget, right? True. And an airplane. Hey, this is not a subdivision. It's a golf course. Great timing. Do you see that? They both turn at exactly the same moment. It's a professional dog. My dog. What is it, Spot? What's in there? Your dog, Spot. Why'd you name your dog Spot? <laughs> that dog's name is actually Hutch. Playing Spot. That's right. Named after Starsky and Hutch. He was a professional dog. He was able to impersonate another dog. More implied violence. Yeah, but I can remember when we got this film rated, they wanted to give us a, a some some of the commenters wanted to give it an R for, quote, cumulative off-screen violence, unquote. Oh, man. What are those red circles, sir? There's, those are there's a difference between uh, the, whole valley surrounded the 70s and now. I don't think we can hold them very long, though. And that green line, that's their furthest point oh, another advance. insert. That's right. Uh, what are the blue dots? Those are mobile stations. Now, if we had chosen a shell map, this gag might have gone. Should have been better. Shell or Exxon. Why did we go with mobile? I think it was bad prop man. Mo mobile. Bad prop man. Shell. Just no, no offense to mobile, but there's some didn't occur to us. Didn't occur to us. You know, after we made this movie, we found out there is a federal investigation agency. Of course sort. there is. There is an FIA. I think they've, they've got all the acronyms. This is like our tribute to was it was it Gorgo the like the 1958 movie where they had a they captured a little tiny monster and it turned out that there was, a, was just a baby right so I didn't remember that we did the same same kind of thing here this guy's good he did all the voiceovers too he did like 13 right, I forgot, of them I forgot about what we have here before isn't what we thought. You don't mean this? May God help you. The cherry to me. Oh, I've, I've had many comments on this peen. People tell me they can tell that's not a real tomato. Really? Yeah. Nah. I remember shooting it when people were complaining, you know, I think it was at Target or something. Hey, I gotta park my car. Can you move that eight foot tomato out of the way?
See, this is supposed to be funny because the crunch she was making with the cereal is supposed to be the same crunch that you hear from the tomato after she stops, but it sort of didn't work, so I have to explain it, you see. I didn't understand it till now. Well, there you go. It's just one more funny thing in this movie that you can enjoy in the future. You know, those tomatoes look good. Unlike our eight-foot tomatoes, which didn't look so good. Those tomatoes, I'll have you know, were made of foam insulation designed to be utilized in uh, mass transit vehicles. Yeah, it was from, we got it from Roar, from the Bart cars yep. that were making for San Francisco. See, the problem was with the huge ones, there was just too much density and the stuff couldn't dry right, so it sort of imploded. But and the little three-footers, it worked great. Yeah. Tomatoes collapsed under their own weight. The sort physics like, principle. Sort of like a War of the Worlds kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Biology saved us in War of the Worlds, and physics saved us from the killer tomatoes. That's right. Why this will probably never really happen. Go report to Greta and tell her there's tomato activity in her sector. Mr. Dixon has ordered me to inform you that there's tomato activity in your sector. Where you want a little bubble on the screen to remind us of the motivation for the line. Yeah, yeah. That was good. I thought it worked. I thought you did great. How come you weren't, you weren't as good an actor in the next movie? I didn't have a biggest part. Uh, Happens to a lot of child actors, you know. Once they're aware of the lights and the fame, they just... I like this scene, too. All right. Who wants to be paper monitor? Sort of a timeless scene. It is. Who wants to be paper monitor? Kind of rolling in the aisles. The first adult breakfast cereal. Kinky Krispies. I still say Kinky Krispies has possibilities. Do we own the trademark on that? We ought to. I think we could do it with just the marshmallows. Jimbo, how's it going? I believe that's my question. Beat Lucky Charms. Going great bananas. What a phrase. Oh. This reveals our graphics budget here. Well, it's sort of retro, you know? It, it, it works, I think. It's true. Well, at least we spelled everything correctly. You know, we did. Yeah. And that's not always the case. And there's more. Listen to this. We didn't give anybody time to read it. Giant tomatoes mean bigger pizzas. Rolling on two. If you're feeling sad and blue, tomatoes end it all for you. Last year, more people were killed by automobiles. We redubbed these voices. You know, the original version was different. Well, I think we wanted to pay tribute to Frank there with that singing voice. With a capital K. Right, and Mr. Secretary, being a public relations man yourself, you understand the value Classy with a capital K. A much quoted line. It's a good line, class with a capital K. That was mine. So we lost this joke too. That joke was based on uh, NBC spending all that money to develop their NBC logo and then finding out that Nebraska Public Television had already had. No, it wasn't. It was based on Gerald Ford's win campaign, right? Or whip inflation now. Was that it? Yes. Oh, I didn't remember that. We want to apologize to the audience for oh. cost of senility I, here. I didn't think it was based on anything. I thought we just made it up. Well, I remember that SGP sent us a bunch of free stickers. <laughs> 
It's because we told him it was going to be in a real movie. Jesus Christ for Technotron. Oh, I remember we had somebody who wouldn't be in the movie because of that line. The worst, the worst part of this scene is that, what, 15 years later, somebody practically did this yeah, commercial about, for real. You know, the San Diego Convention of Visitors Bureau has got to be proud of the way we showed off the beauty of San Diego in these scenes. We really did. We, we took all the best parts of that city. Stop this tomato onslaught. Last night, tomatoes attacked Los Angeles. See, my sister's Boston. in this one. Seattle. Good gag. Even the mere hey, it's Costa. To my greatest panic. role. Milk, milk. Tomato. Wasn't my voice, though. John's voice. Well, we couldn't go with your Definitely. voice. We had to put some mid-range yeah. bass in it. Look how much hair I had. <laughs> I missed that hair. More news at the hour. Now back to the rocking sound of the boomer on Super 101. Oh, more beautiful San Diego shots. Foreshadow, foreshadow, foreshadow. Puberty Love, the voice of Matt Cameron. Later became what, the drummer for Soundgarden? <laughs> Not the lead vocalist. <laughs> Actually, who sang the first version of Puberty Love? I have no idea. Ronnie Desmond. Who? That would be me. Wow. I didn't know that. That's yeah, true. Every time you see Soundgarden, shed a tear, right? You know, he got the second gig and became the big famous guy. People actually ask me for the lyrics for that once in a while. Look at the nameplate. See, McKinley, Fillmore. That's right. What, what do these conjure up? Well, because we were smart enough, we knew our presidents. Because for you young people, these are former presidents of the United States. Of the United States, right. But I thought these were supposed to be senators. We didn't know any senators, huh? Boy. Why did we put a period on this graphic? I guess because we knew we were in San Diego, as opposed to the question mark on New York. Was that the right. gag? I don't know. I don't know. I as fast as I could. I didn't do graphics. very strange. I, I just don't know what to think. You made no unusual motions of any kind? Not to my knowledge. Odd. Well, were there any loud noises or other extraneous activity which uh, might have affected the tomato's behavior, such as uh, an airplane or, or another balding car spot in the foreground? I'm almost sure there wasn't. You'll excuse me, ah, General. Oh, the Admiral. Uh, really yeah. yeah. Back to it was, a, it was uh, an you establishing shot. President. I'll do that, Captain. It's major. Oh, how embarrassing. Priority one message for Mr. Dixon, sir. Oh, I think I thought this was oh, a good guy. Phone call to you. Oh, Everybody has to have a copy. Now, having spent 20 years with the government since then, I really understand this gag even better. The only difference is we don't have carbon paper anymore. I don't think we ever really got credit for the anti-bureaucracy flavor. It's true. It's funny, I talk to people in the military over the years, they like this movie, I think it's for that reason. They've been to meetings like that in rooms like oh, that. Oh, yeah. Here's our famous cross-cutting technique. That's right. Way ahead of its time. And, yep. for, and for 
younger people watching this, that's how you used to dial phones. Uh, I was going to say the same right. thing. Yeah. yeah. Trouble, sir. Hello? Trouble, sir. What? I haven't seen Dixon Don't say those little cords coming out of him. I've been following his assistant, but that's getting me nowhere. Followed? By who? Following who? His assistant. A spy. A spy? This never got the laughs I thought it would get. Height, medium build. It's, a yeah. shoe, it's all in the execution. You know, the strumpet last night. The direction. The one with the big guns and a sword. See, the actor's supposed to blame the director. The director's supposed to blame the writer. The writer blames the actor. That's how it's supposed to work. Well, my acting speaks for itself. What shall I do? Enough said. Look, I thought I made it perfectly clear. We had a couple of split screens, and those were expensive. Yeah, we could afford a split screen. So we had two, I think, in this scene. You're obviously tired. Why don't you go take a nap? You mean go to bed? I couldn't do that. Why not, you're a woman? I resent that. I didn't say that you were incompetent. I just think you could use Why is everybody against paneling in this movie? But I, well... Most of America was paneled I'll in 1977. Best, it is, it is yes, in this film. Goodbye. 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 Operator? Operator, I, uh, I've gotten the wrong number. I'd, uh, like my dime back. That was a good scene. Oh, yeah, that was funny. And a dime is what it cost to make a phone call. Hard to believe. Look at that white wall. I do. I mean, that wasn't supposed to happen. But it worked out well. I really didn't mean. It was a dark night. I mean, uh, the lights were off and it got dark. I mean, it was dark. Notice that the uh, goggles on uh, Finn Letter's head are not broken. Uh, excuse me, ma'am. Those uh, of you who I are into, uh, I mean, excuse me, are broken. Are broken. Those right. of you who are into uh, continuity, watch the goggles repair and unrepair themselves. <laughs> because we only had one pair of goggles, and they got broken in a scene you're, you will see coming up. This is a great scene. What I remember about this scene is, you know, I'm the lead person who gets shot in this, and we, the three of us fall on the sidewalk, and no one paid any attention whatsoever to the fact that three people <laughs> fell to the ground in front of the Star of India. <laughs> Not one person ran over to us, screamed, called the police, nothing. Even though the camera was way up in the hotel room, you couldn't possibly have seen it. Forced to reply on the re rely upon the non kindness of strangers. I like that red carpet and I don't green think you've room. Made use of all your potential, if you know what it's I like mean. a green bench potential, red. Potential, 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 potential. This seems really pretty pathetic. Well, it looked good on paper. Yeah. I, I have I have to go with the director thing again. I unfortunately have to agree with you on that. <laughs> or the editor. I blame the editor. Wait a minute, I yeah, cut this. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh. Oh, no. I, uh... I like the red, white, and blue motif, though, on the uh, T-shirt. It think is. That worked right. really good. And what? And you know, I remember this was our filmmaking 101. We learned that he should turn towards the camera when we shot that, instead of turning away from it. More stunt work by Steve Peace. Right. Well done, well done. This is a good scream. Did she do that or we dub it later? 
we, we dubbed it later, but I think she did it. That's probably the only dead. comparison between Steve McQueen and David Miller, except that their last names both start with M. Not similarity there. Cannibalism is always a good, good thing for a comedy, I think. Decided not to go the insert shots here of what's on display, huh? Smart move. Also, um... Is that more of that implied violence off-screen? Yeah, that's what it is. Cumulative off-screen violence. It costs us a lot of money to rent all these vehicles. Well, what I remember is I, I wrote to the uh, military asking to be able to film on a military base because it's not uncommon, and I got a letter back saying that we were refused because we debased the office of the presidency. No. Yeah. Is this a National Guard? The National Guard. National Guard. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't care about debasing they the office of the They didn't care about it, right? <laughs> hey, we work for the governor of California. Well, it depends on your point We know debate. Did you have any relatives in Wyoming? There was a great scene that we, we took out where there was a reference, I remember, it's like they're breaking these X's on the map as we're losing all these states. He says, uh, how many states are left? And he said, 13, sir. And he said, well, back to where we started from. I don't know why we took that out. That was a great. Originally, we were going to X out the stars on the flag. And then we, we figured we'd get too many angry veterans complaining if we did that. So that's why we went with the map. Is there anything I can do? Yes, the president wants your personal report. Because that would have been just as funny. We would have the X's return to the circle. 13, yeah, 13, 13 in the circle. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, but Dixon is more. Very good. Nowadays, people would do it in a comedy. Anything goes. All right. See, with a budget, we would have had a ricochet. This is a big action scene. Look, the goggles are whole again. I never noticed that before. That was our only stunt double. I think that was the sound man, right? Yeah, you noticed the guy no, in the... No, the guy running, that's Bruce Wymore. No. Yes. All right, we're disagreeing on who the stunt double is, but we do agree it's a stunt double and the only one in the movie. No stunt, why didn't I get a stunt double? You asked Bruce. <laughs> See, if you asked, we might have got you one, but... I'm pretty sure it was him. I'll have to ask him. The end of the scene, I just about ready to pass out. I think I did kind of. Did a great job. I got a little scene. woozy. That is heavy shit. And and I got the swords real again. The swords real. Yeah. Try keep keep them getting stabbed as you jump. No, I think it's important <laughs> for reality to have a real sword when you're going through this kind of stuff. You can see why so many people choose to move to San Diego. Scenery and atmosphere like this.
Okay, I'll take credit for him still standing there. Because somebody else came up with the gag of the train going through. But it really didn't work unless Finletter was still standing there when the train left. It's a good, it's a good one. You can have it. Steve really carried that with his did facial expression. He did. So. He did a great job. So I like the pen gag. I don't know if anybody else did, but again, our ode to bureaucracy. I don't think people realize that the president gives away souvenir pens all the time whenever he signs things. Well, he does. Yes, he does. And that's why we made fun of it. Right. Excellent. It's like trying to stack Bibles on whipped cream. In favor of the tomatoes. Terrific. Oh, God, I almost forgot. Shirley? Yes, sir. I like the reference to New York City. Well, you have to understand the New York City situation in the 1970s when it was a bankrupt city causing lots of problems and... Still gets laughs. Yeah, I guess so. There's the Indian again. Yes, sir. Thank God. The president is the president of all people. Perfectly appropriate. More pens. Get it? Get it? I get it. Eating hot dog. Well, because we weren't going to get the you-know-what. All right, here comes the big budget scene. This is where all the money went. Do you remember how we got these Jeeps? No. We, we advertised. Yes, we advertised for people who had Jeeps. <laughs> Good idea. And then they brought them down and we used them. So I remember uh, the news that night locally said, ah, this film will never get released. We brought a crew down there. The Jeeps all had different types of wheels and the vehicles all looked. Ten years later, after this thing became a bit of a cult hit, same news station I remember looking at. Seen the movie? Yeah, great film. <laughs> yeah. This is now the uh, San Diego Gas Lab quarter, I think. No idea what that was. This area down on F and G streets. They could just cut this whole film together, shorten it, and turn it into a civic pride kind of thing, couldn't they? With the, the vistas. Well, that guy running by in that scene wasn't staged. We were just doing the shot, and he happened to run by. Could have would have cost us way too much yeah, money to have one right. of our guys run by. Exactly. All right, got some choreography working here. This guy was a real Las Vegas dancer. The four guys behind him weren't. No. They're high school kids. Actually, the guy closest to the screen was an investor. That's a good guy. We crushed the Vietcong all about his way into the movie. We would have let anybody who wanted to pay well, into the movie. When I, Steve, when I started making films as a kid, the way I paid for the film was the kids that were in the movie, the bigger the part they had, the more money they had to pay. Which yeah. I, I think is still a great idea. I think it's a model that would work. Have you seen how many people are in the Screen Actors Guild that aren't working? We can do it. This is going to be the musical, too. Building that rubble was expensive. You know what that was? That was a building they were taking down to put in a Kmart or something. No, it was, it was the old handyman they tore down to put in the freeway. That's down there now. We'll 
We didn't have permission to film here either. <laughs> Just went down there and filmed one night. Nobody in Alabama likes this movie, but the other 49 states it does okay. <laughs> I remember this guy working with those extras, teaching them how to do this scene. It was thrilled. Applause, well done. I wonder where he is these days. All right, now that's an expensive shot. That's our real tank. Moving across the National Guard armory. Yeah. <laughs> hey, how did we do Parking that? Parking lot. <laughs> Here's our, our big Greg Hour special effects. This was the our biggest scene. I like that the army brought its own shoes. Each soldier had his own colored shoes. Notice the intercutting of the miniaturization. It's hard to tell. True. Live action for miniatures. Which is that? <laughs> I also remember we set a few telephone poles on fire. Here's an iconic shot from the movie. Everybody remembers this. The guy being squished against the garage. The end of Captain Mills. Oh, it's major. Look at those miniaturizations. Brilliant. Brilliant. Across the length and breadth of the nation. These are real explosions. He did miniature explosions in Star Wars. Burning. Pillaging. Raping. Yep, more implied. More implied. It's the best scene in the movie. Let's shoot it from over there, huh, Bill? Uh, come on over here, lady. Stand by. Every so often, the way they, they turn okay, out the way you, you thought yeah. of them. We start with a tight shot. And, and unlike the other scenes, which didn't ready. show off San Diego to its Don't best, this was a typical part of National City. Across this great nation, almost everyone has been affected in one way or another by this terrible tomato onslaught. Mrs. Williams, I understand your husband is missing. Yes, Do you he think is. he's dead? This was back when the media had a pack mentality and would do anything for a story. Yeah, they don't do that now. No, no. Yeah, They're so, kind of so much more responsible now. What are you going to do, Mrs. Williams? Can you answer my question? Please look into the camera, Mrs. Williams. Yeah, you would never see the press taking advantage of a, a grieved family last night's crushing military defeat may spell the John, end your voice. sounds like the me doesn't it remnants of a once proud civilization lay scattered amidst crushed spirits and broken bodies lawlessness is rampant panic stalks the streets and personal grooming habits have reached an all-time low all right we added that one later that was for continuity is it come out why did he tuck his shirt in? Because there was some place where you had shot something and you had to, you told him that he had to undo it. Because yeah. Because the first man, you were on top of it. Tension is mounting, I can tell. Thank you. 
ketchup spots. More running the film backwards effects. You know, I don't think David Miller was capable of uh, running this far, this far being 20 yards. Yeah, because this is the magic of filmmaking. This takes place over many days in many locations. So he didn't have to run that much. Also, your tanks can't be very long because you got to roll those stupid tomatoes, and as soon as they start diverging from his bat, right. you got to cut it. They weren't, they weren't uh, aerodynamically correct. They didn't always go straight. There's another beautiful hotel interior. Just love the, the, the art direction. That's the great thing about doing this film in the late 70s, because this stuff is immortal. Well, you know, it's like having Technicolor without paying for it. The world was in Technicolor. My brother. He's older now, right? Yep. He got older later. Actually, this is his actual room, too, wasn't it? It is. Yeah, he has right. paneling just like the president. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> the world was paneled in 1977. That's actually the production U-Haul that we carried our equipment in. I'm pretty impressed, you know, this is 25 years ago, and our terrorist is dressed in black with a ski mask, and that look, I think, just and sort of became, oh, your, that's my car. Your car, John, and my car parked right there, a little spitfire. There you go. Uh, this was the end of my car, actually, uh, after uh, this chase scene. I donated it to the film, and uh, it was never the same. Well, you know, you had an English sports car. What do you expect? That's true. Shaped like a triangle. <laughs> The shape of the future, I believe. Shape of the, things to come or something like that. This is a great chase scene. Steve does a heck of a job here. He was in shape. All right, this is where the goggles get broken. Yeah, this is also where I almost got broken. Is this this scene right here, right? Right here. You put a deaf guy in the driver's seat. That would be Costa. You can't hear on the left side. And in a moment, you'll see me whip around a corner where obviously somebody had done a wonderful job of clearing the street. You already there. saw that shot. Yes. There, are no, there is no glass in the goggles at that point. So what, Costa can't hear in his left ear, and you were screaming, stop, stop, and he yeah, couldn't hear you. Yeah, because it was a parked car, and as the, the centrifugal force was whipping me around the corner, and I'm going right at the car. Yes, Steve differential, differential Steve. Uh-huh. Nothing better than being, you know, you're, you're out, you're all groggy, and you're not sure whether you're all right or you're not all right, because I did run into the car, right. and the shrouds and the, the parachute line fortunately got stuck under the tire. And I hear somebody say, oh, God, he's dead, he's dead. I want to go, no, I'm not. Well, yeah, because then everybody else said, oh. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Did you, somebody just said, were you shooting? Did we get it on film? You should always shoot low-budget films in sequence in case things like that happen and the actor dies and you can just rewrite the end. Well, as I recall, you weren't shooting on that one either. That's the sad that's part right. about it. That one wasn't, we did another scene at that day, too. I remember you coming down that hill with that giant parachute and kept involving somebody's house. Yeah, that's right. That's and when we cut. We, we, we took that one out. That was originally a cargo parachute. We right. Had to cut it down. We had to cut it down because it was carrying you back up the hill. This, here's where I was uh, about to uh, pass out. You think you think that's acting? Yeah. <laughs> this is more of my great stunt driving now. Because we, we we couldn't afford. Uh, it was a pretty good fall. It was an excellent fall. 
Why do we waste money on stuntmen in the sequels? I'll never know. Well, yeah, this this is something big budget Hollywood never do. I actually drove the car into David Miller and hit him with it. And but I remember is George says I was dug down behind the steering wheel, so I can barely see him. <laughs> it's a wonder I didn't kill him. <laughs> Again, shoot it in sequence. <laughs> It helps to be young and stupid. Good afternoon, Mr. Dixon. Had a pleasant nap? See, now we've what gone from some really gaudily decorated hotel room to Mr. Dixon, Steve's I didn't really think parents' really be. gaudily decorated living room. Well, this is late 70s again, and uh, <laughs> blue and orange, bright blue and bright orange were so probably naive. big. There it is. <laughs> You're the only one with the knowledge that can stop me. Oh, Richardson, you don't have a chance. You know very well I do. Those are great colors. You know, you know, I'm glad we use color film. It's funny, Dixon. No man sits closer to power than the press secretary to the president of the United States. Richardson's not that bright. He and forgot to take his gun is. from him. That power hey, this speech is as good as anything in Seven Days in May. It dangles before you, taunting. A little Hamlet thing daring. working there with the the ski mask your very impotence i will not be mocked anymore i will no longer give other people's Remember, you know they made such a big deal out of citizen kane when they showed the ceilings the answers will be mine i know we, we never, show ceilings we never got credit for it yeah everything will be mine it'll be glorious this, this was good other people's answers to other people's questions very very well written what steve that you was your you line if i remember oh he did this he wrote this whole scene better than anyone else without even backing up i think it was questions questions you mr flow of consciousness <laughs> mr dixon have you had lunch yet <laughs> here have a tomato <laughs> See, by now the whole audience gasped really when that happened. Quite harmless. That's right, because they're so From scary, right? That's right. And this one was harmless. Exactly. So he's obviously found you the secret. That I'm in retrospect, we kind of tune, in tune with his tomatoes. It's foreshadowing. That's what that's Look called. Look at all the white on the right, on the left side, and the picture on the right side. Good framing. At the proper time, when all vestiges of like my mom was going to let somebody move one of her paintings. I shall charge in on my white stallion and save the nation. No, just moved a little to the left. We had an all-white background. My fellow the citizens the movie. will be eternally grateful. At the very least, they'll surely choose my benevolent leadership over the obvious alternative. It shall be my golden moment. There's the picture, just for a frame or two. Yeah. But Mr. Dixon? I'm afraid these are your final moments. See, this is classic filmmaking. Always expound before twice. you shoot the guy, so Three that times. way you have time to. But who's counting? Uh, I don't think you can do it. I can see his gun. Can't you, you see know, his gun? Justin, you may be right. I mean, he's got a gun in his right hand, Richardson, for crying out loud. You may be right. He's blinded. Blinded by power. That's there you right. Go. Who's there? UPS package for you. We actually got a UPS Come uniform. In. I don't know how we managed that one. We did. It was from the the UPS guy that actually was our delivery guy at Foursquare. At the ah. time we had a film lab, and and uh, we 
So it was unendorsed by the UPS Corporation. Right. Well, the higher levels. I mean, it was endorsed yeah, by the driver. Do. That's true. Wait. They're one of those semi-autonomous companies. Before you pull that trigger, tell me how you do it. Really? How melodramatic. Very well. It's really quite simple. You see, all I do is... Uh, more implied off-screen violence. Must have stabbed him pretty low, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Where'd you get that guy? Real bad apple, sir. Good thing we got him. I've killed a eunuch. Oh, clue. Here comes a clue. Well, there's another 10-second scene that took 40. Yeah, it was a long day. More good art direction. Whose picture was that? I don't know, but he sure looked like Ronnie Desmond. <laughs> exactly. There's no time to lose. Sir, everybody's left town. The only people left would be crazy. Do you think people know Ronnie Desmond is Donny Osmond? Do you think they get that? Ronnie Desmond, Donny Osmond? Probably not. Do you think they know Donny Osmond anymore? Yeah, maybe not. More Running by David Miller. Probably does a lot of that on his farm now. Does he still have a farm? Oh, I don't know. Does he? We'll have to watch one of the other featurettes on this DVD and see. Good point. See, I, I believe we got all these extras by also advertising. And we promised them nothing. We didn't even give them lunch. I told you, <laughs> Steve said crazy people, right? So if we had a bigger budget, we would have been having maybe some fire and smoke in the scene or paper spreaders going or something, but. Well, we had overgrown lawns. I mean, that's about as close as we could come to a disaster. And, and cardboard boxes we could afford. Garbled, unintelligible. That's right from the uh, the Nixon papers. That's right. right. Yeah. From the Nixon tapes. Yeah. There's the chicken. Yeah, we told people to show up and look crazy, and they brought all their own costumes and signs and stuff. Which is pretty neat. Well, we didn't know we were gonna have the turnout because we didn't have a megaphone or an assistant director or PA's Nothing. or walkie-talkies. We built this miniature San Diego Stadium set. Pretty the impressive. Establishing shot. What I remember was impressive is I think, if I remember right, what they charged me to rent the stadium for the day was $150. That's not bad. Well, it, was, it was huge for our budget. You got a better deal than the Chargers got. Yeah, that's right. Much better deal. It should have, the, the city should have me negotiating with them. That include the... Uh, Seat guarantee? Yeah, that's the, that was the best part. We didn't have to fill a single seat. Of course, we got more people there than the Chargers get for a football that was, game. That was, that's true, too, yeah. You see, we just passed Miss Potato Famine there. Yeah, and she came up on her own with that. There she is, Miss Potato Famine of 1922. She just showed up on her own with that. And she made it to the opening credits. Dean Grell, I think, was her name. Yep. Well, the guy dressed like an Arab was my cousin, who was the public affairs officer for the Navy at the time. I'm sure the Navy wouldn't have been thrilled to know he was doing this. It was called San Diego Stadium at the time. 
There's another one of those errant tomatoes not rolling where we wanted to roll. Long before it was Qualcomm Stadium. And it was what, uh, six, Jack, seven years old at the time? Yeah, it was Jack Murphy Stadium for a while. But it was before it was, that's right. It was before it was Jack Murphy Stadium. It was never Killer Tomato Stadium. It should have been. Well, the winningest team that played there in those days was San Diego now, State. Now, this is a very I, dangerous scene. I was going to say, how do they not step on your parachute? Exactly. And I got a real sword in my hand. <laughs> it was very scary. It did, it did, uh, there was no doubt about uh, my ability to run fast, though. I was no, motivated. It could. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I know, well, I we, think... to, we stopped and reshot it halfway up, Merrick, because they kept passing you. Oh, this brings back memories. Going down and... We, in order to, uh, again, save on our budget, I would buy the three or four day old tomatoes, uh, seconds from the produce um, distributor. And we'd have 55 gallon you know, garbage cans of these things that if we didn't use them right away, boy, did they smell good after three or four days sitting, up the, uh, sitting around the uh, film area. Love the wardrobe here. You start with 1978 and you add craziness and you get some real wacky stuff. It's the choreography is just impressive. Now remember, these people came dressed like this. People freed from the tyranny of tomatoes. Right. Looting is next. Well, that is Technicolor. Yeah. Giant earmuffs, get it? Okay, they're toilet seat covers. Giant earmuffs. They are toilet seat covers, aren't they? Bright green toilet seat covers. I think it's the only kind they sold. Is that or gold? Yeah, avocado green or harvest gold? What do you want? I always like this. They come right out of the tomato. Sheer accident, but it really shows it work. proper planning. That's right. What I remember is we were losing the light. We only paid for the stadium for one day. And uh, this scene was taking way too long. I want to thank you for saving my life. I remember we were shooting exteriors one time, and uh, the sun was going down. We were racing, and you turned to well, me and said, hurry up, the sun's going down. And I'm glad you pointed that out. I could have said, hey, the Earth's rotating. I was second. I was, you know, first assistant director or something. You were? Yeah. Why didn't you tell something me? Like that. So I was supposed to, you know, do that kind of thing. I don't know. We'll have to look at the credits again to see if I was doing that or not. I can't remember. Lois. Mason. Lois. Mason. Lois! Lois! See, now when we do the stage play... Check this out. Check this out, though. This is a good stunt. We'll have to make sure the size of the people. Yeah. Way to go, Sharon. She handled that well. She did. Because I think he was getting bigger by the day, if I remember. 
well as that expensive uh, craft services and catering we had out there, which consisted of the crew truck driving through McDonald's on the way to eat. You know, for them to do that in slow motion, too, is hard. That's, you know, That's very hard to do. Let's see, I don't remember, but I don't think this was David Miller's voice. No, no. Yeah, yeah. Well, it certainly was his lip-syncing, which wasn't very good. Come on, Dave. Come on, Dave. Our lyrics are better than our execution. This is my favorite line, our love will be classy like Timmy and Lassie. Second like Timmy joke in the movie. Until the very end of time. I think people have stolen that joke too. See, I told you the sun was setting. <laughs> You're right. Nice cloudless day, giving you that beautiful sunset. Wait, there are some clouds. Okay, it's a different day. Now that's a hell of a shot, really, there. Yeah. That is. Now, that, those are suburbs. Yeah, those are suburbs, too, yeah. Always set them up for the sequel. you guys. They've gone now. Well, in retrospect, I think we commented that tomatoes uh, were tougher than carrots. Carrots would have been easier in the first place because we could have made them more easily. How does a carrot kill somebody, though? Just runs them through? I think there are probably endless opportunities. We just haven't explored them. All right, let's look for people we know. Ephemia Dillon, there's your mom. Yeah, see? Who are these people? What are they doing now? And and do they admit they were in this movie? They're probably selling things on eBay. Just probably check. Gary Smith played Sam Smith. It was like Cam Fong as Chin Ho kind of a thing. Yeah. He didn't want to be known by his real name. Spot the dog, hutch the dog, yeah. How do I get named Clark Dillon? I never did figure that out. I don't know, Clark Gable, Clark Dillon. Ah, that was it. There's a lot of resemblance. We're both born in the United States. See, Fu Cameron was not yet Matt Cameron at the time. Hey, my brother was a oh, Sam Smith tomato costume with an E. There is a typo in this movie. That's just to get people to stay and watch the credits so they can catch that stuff. How many of these businesses still exist? Hey, American Airlines may not exist much longer. 